Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I am your host, Andy Mitz. Today, we are recapping a less than wonderful game for the Kansas Jayhawks. There was a bunch of stuff that happened while they were down in Texas. And I'm sure if anyone's paying any attention, uh, you probably already know that they lost 40 to 14 uh, down against the Texas Longhorns. But there was still a lot to talk about coming out of that game and what it means moving forward. To help me do that, coming back to the podcast again, it is my co-host, Kyle Davis, my deputy editor over at Blue Wings Rising. Kyle, how are you doing today? Uh, not, I mean, I'd be, I'd be lying if I said I was as pumped to talk about this game as I was the first four, but it's still, it's still good to hash it out. I feel like we all need a little bit of maybe a, a therapy session, uh, after this, cause I can already tell where, uh, your questions are going to lead. Well, I mean, look, Kansas without Jalen Daniels for this game, um, came out right before, well, actually, even the announcers of the game didn't realize that Jalen Daniels was not going to be out. Everyone was confused when Jason Bean came out on the field. Um, I'm, you know, I agree. Like it's a little strange. I wasn't expecting it, but I don't know that that is like a excuse at all for the way that this game went down, but I don't think this game was also all bad. Like what was your main takeaway from this game? Or, or is there one? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think there's several. Um, I think one is that, I think once that Texas is really good. Um, Texas is actually back this year, which is kind of scary. It is. Um, Texas is really good. It, I think um, we'll get to this. I think the the defense overall wasn't as bad as a couple big plays made it look. I mean, that we the the big running plays just were were brutal. I I don't know what happened to Devin Neal, but I would like an answer on that. Um, that's one of my big takeaways and something I've been focusing on a lot. And I think um, if we're just going straight to the source, I think the hatred on on Bean is overkill because that's a really, really tough uh, position to be in. And I think there's a lot of stuff going around with the Jalen Daniels thing that's just it's getting out of hand. But, you know, <clears throat> the key to the game was was third down. You know, Kansas has been great on third down all year. You go 0 for 8 on third down. 
it was the short drives that then made the defense stay out there for long periods of time, which was what allowed those big run plays and other things to happen because you're just gassed. Like, I don't think the defense played that bad. And honestly, if they had more rest with some longer drives in between, you know, it, part of that just didn't look like they were necessarily just out muscled or, or getting worked. It was just that they were exhausted by the end. So it's, it's one of those things where it's a multitude of, of factors coming in. There's not one person to blame. Also, Texas is really good. You're playing on the road. The, like I think going in there, I, I picked Kansas to lose, even though I was confident. And I think if you say, hey, without your starting quarterback, uh, you're going to lose on the road at, at a team that is slated right now for the college football playoff, I, I, I think everyone kind of accepts that. So, you know, it's not like this was a game where – uh, you know, sorry, I'm not trying to take shots or, or get strays on Iowa State fans, but like Iowa State doesn't come to Lawrence and somehow we got blown out by 30 when D- Jalen Daniels did a play. Like this is a very different set of context here. Well, first of all, Jalen Daniels did okay. did play in that game sorry. against Iowa State. That's true. But, right, and we, yeah. So, but, but my point is, like, if it was this, but no, if, like if it happened on Saturday, it was a home game against this Iowa State team. Uh, again, sorry, Cyclones, not taking shots, but like, oh, that's all right. Example, that's all right. Iowa State yeah. likes to take shots at us so, so we can take some back. But no, I think really what it comes down to is like the main things are Jason Bean was put in an impossible situation, right? Jalen Daniels, he's not transferring. Don't worry about like I, I saw the rumors about like the whole Khalil Herbert type of situation. It's like, no, this is not that. Like everybody calm down. Look, it was a bad beating at the end of the game though. Like you look at how this game started. Kansas did everything they wanted to do in the beginning. Like, this has always been a bend but don't break defense. That's the way that they've played for a long time, and that's kind of the way that this team is built, right? It's about, like, we've talked about this before. The idea for this defense is to force your opponent into long drives, force them to get into field goal, I'm sorry, get get down into the red zone, and then have to kick a field goal. Like, they're going to give up a bunch of yards. Always have. This is not a team that has the athletes to be able to line up against a team like Texas and just completely stop them. The idea is being very strategic, finding the positions you need to, to get, you know, disruptive at the right time to prevent a lot of long touchdowns. They did that perfectly in the first half. You go into the halftime down seven to 13. And I can honestly say the issue, I mean, I wrote about it in the halftime musings, like the issue with the team at that point was that the offense was not clicking, but you look at why the offense wasn't clicking I think there was nothing more, I think, demonstrative of what it was that was off than the, I think I counted six different times that Jason Bean threw a pass to the end zone, I'm sorry, to the sideline, that Jalen Daniels would normally have a perfect touch on for a guy to be able to catch it and go out of bounds, and Jason Bean was just a little bit off. Those are not his throws. Jason Bean is not a guy that can pinpoint accuracy on the sideline, give you that ability you know, I mean, but those guys were open. Like Jason Bean missed them by just a little bit. But when you're doing that over on the sideline, there's not a lot of room for error. Those are Jalen Daniels throws. If anything, if you want to blame someone, you blame the coaching staff for not being able to adjust on the fly like that with a guy like Jason Bean. We saw them do that beautifully last year against TCU. When Jalen Daniels got hurt, you go into halftime, you come back out and, you know, Jason Bean went off. I think this was a situation where Jason Bean was asked to do a lot of things with the way that, um, you know, the game plan was set up. They basically said, hey, you're going to step in and do what Jalen Daniels does. And he he's not the same type of quarterback. He's a very good quarterback. But he, he cannot run the same game plan that Jalen Daniels can. Yeah. And so 
And I think you're right. There's, so there's plenty of blame to go around, and it's not all on Jason Bean. I, I, if if you want to critique him, it's that you know it did seem like his automatic response to any sort of pressure from any side was to roll right and then go to the sideline where he was struggling. Right. So you can say that maybe try something else. First of all, I think we just have to say it out loud how how ridiculous the whole transfer or the sitting out not competitiveness of Jalen Daniels is because oh gosh yes throughout life so out loud so this this kid comes to one of the worst programs in the country uh, with a coaching change spends three years building said program up gets off to the second four and zero start in twice as many years and then decides that's the time where he's not going to play anymore. It makes zero sense. We're like, what, how is this guy not competitive? How is he shying away? And how is he leaving now? Like that. And not only that, but like makes any sense with that narrative. Yeah. If you want a legacy defining game, right? It's the opportunity to go on the road against a team like Texas as Kansas and show that the transformation is complete by beating a team like Texas on the road again, like, if he really was that competitive or really was that worried, right, about where the program was, he would have left after last year. He had plenty of options, I think, at that point to go. But, you know, he is a guy. He is the epitome of this team. He is the program. I mean, he's, they built the program around him and Devin Neal, basically. And, yeah, they have a ton of other really, really good guys, especially over on defense. But if you ask anybody, right, who the face of this team is, they're going to say Jalen Daniels. They're going to say Devin Neal. They're going to say those two guys. You know, one's the hometown yeah, guy and the other guy's the quarterback that really kind of supercharged everything and I think they have plenty of other guys you can point to but it makes absolutely no sense for him to leave at this point so I mean the yeah, other so the other comment like well yeah, the, the, the other comment too talking about how he's not you know he's not tough and you know he's only available every once in a while there's a specific guy that I'm not going to blast by name but I think any, anybody who's listening to this knows who I'm talking about that was talking about essentially he's going to ride with Jason Bean moving forward because he's the guy that's there and available and it's like that's not the way it works which apparently Jason Bean liked that tweet, by the way. Well, yeah, yeah. And well, I mean, and, and in a way, I think that was more of the, hey, thank you for saying something nice about me as opposed yeah, to, well, I, so. you know, yeah, there's no bad blood between Jalen Daniels and Jason Bean as far as I know. Um, and obviously it was an unfortunate like to then have to, you know, explain that I'm assuming to somebody, but I, I don't fault him for that. Like somebody gave him a compliment afterwards after there were so many fans that were just ragging on him. Um, so in other words, if you're going after Jason Bean for that, stop it. Like he did the best that he could in the situation he was put in. Um, like the only complaint I really have about the way he played was that there was multiple times where he could have put his shoulder down and, you know, gone an extra four yards and got a first down and kept the drive going and he didn't do it. But he's also a guy that is so used to bouncing into the outside and that's what he's used for this year, right? Is getting to the outside and, and doing those yeah. sorts of runs. So again, really bad situation. And the other thing to think about is, like, if you're starting the beginning of the year and you're talking about, like, what does the perfect season look for the Jayhawks, this is a game you lose. Maybe, you, maybe you're more competitive in it, but this is a game where you have Jalen Daniels, you're in it to the end, but you still probably lose this game, right? Like, best case scenario, I wrote as 10-2, and two, and that included losing this game and probably losing against Oklahoma. Yeah. So it's not like we lost any opportunities to do the things that we were expecting to do this year. This is a still an opera, like it's a learning, a learning, uh, opportunity to see just how far they still have to go to be able to compete at the top of the Big 12. You're not going to have to face Texas after this year because I, I highly doubt that these two teams are going to schedule each other. Like, unless they're facing off in a bowl game, I, I don't expect these two to play each other again. So this was a good measuring stick to kind of see where the program is, what they still need to improve on. And honestly, I'm going to be honest, like if, if, if Jalen Daniels is out for, you know, 
four or five weeks and we're in trouble, but they could probably stand having Jason Bean against UCF and Jason Bean against Oklahoma State. Those so, are games you with him. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is not something that derails anything that this team was trying to achieve this year. The only thing it does is not put you in the driver's seat for making it to Arlington. That's it. Yeah. And I will say, so before I, before I make this point, I will preface it by saying that I had that game did nothing to, to wane my optimism necessarily. Like I am not, I am not like fire and brimstones after that game. I will say, I think some of the issues around Daniels and the news was, was fueled unintentionally by a lack of communication by the coaching staff and the program going back to August. I think it, all of these rumors are speculating because it has not been articulated very clearly what's been going on with him. We heard this stuff is like, oh, his his back's messed up in August. And we're like, oh, no, he's fine. If it, we get closer to week one and it's still, well, then I'll panic, that sort of thing. Well, then we got there. There's, you know, he, he apparently interested at the hotel, but doesn't tell anybody until he gets there. There's a picture of the backpack. So, like, yeah, I think communication all around is kind of hurt. Um, uh, her, it, it, it maybe fostered some of these conspiracy theories that maybe wouldn't have otherwise been there if it hadn't been. Now, I don't believe in these conspiracy theories, but I think that part of it was Kansas kind of doing it to himself from a coaching staff and that sort of thing. Well, and, and honestly, you look at all the different people involved, right? Like Jalen Daniels is super competitive and has pushed through a lot. He's played through a lot of pain before he, you know, he does everything that he thinks he can to help this team. And and one of the things was, you know, trying to play through the pain of this back injury. Like, I don't necessarily blame him. From what I understand, and, you know, this is also, like, Bryson Stricker reported it over on, on Twitter. Mike Vernon's talked about it. Like, there's there's been people that have t- talked about a lot of this stuff. And, um, you know, like, this is this is one of those where I'm not necessarily that surprised. Like, like Kansas has always wanted to kind of downplay things. They have not have been in this kind of spotlight with these type of star players before. But Jalen Daniels is a super competitor. He wanted to play. He was going to do everything he could to push through it. Got to the stadium and figured out, oh, this is actually worse than I thought it was. Like, I need them to work on me to try to see if I can actually play today. And it turned out that just didn't work. But, like, this is a team, I think, I I agree with you. They could have been a little bit more upfront about the fact that it was more than just back tightness. There was an actual back injury in in the, uh, you know, in the uh, fall camp there. But, this is also a team I think that is used to be being tough and I would not put it past that Jalen Daniels is reporting that, Hey, I'm, I'm getting better. I'm feeling good. I think what's clear from this point forward is that this is not just back tightness. This is an actual back injury that he keeps re-aggravating at times. And I get the feeling they're going to be dealing with this all year long, just trying to mitigate it. The goal I think at this point is, you know, unfortunately it's not going to be the Heisman type season we were hoping for from Jalen, because I think he's only going to get to play probably about, six or seven games because they got to make sure he's up and ready to go for the really, really important ones. Yeah. Well, and as someone who's had back issues and had a disc out of place and all that, I, I can tell you even a couple of weeks ago, I was laying flat on my back on a hardwood floor, barely able to move. And so it, it's, it's brutal. And I think I don't, I don't really care what, um, you know, obviously as fans, you want as much transparency and communication as possible. Honestly, I don't really care what they tell us as long as everyone in that building's aligned and Jason Bean's ready so that if, you know, for Saturday's game, like I, if if he's, because I, I think that was a lot of the problem is that no one expected this to happen, including Jason Bean, and it's kind of hard to throw in there. But again, this is not all Jason Bean's fault. You think about um, right after Quinn Ewers scampers for thirty yards to give Texas the lead, uh, Devin Neal has a second big run that's called back on holding, and then Trevor Wilson drops the ball on third and eight that was right in his mitts, and then you have to punt. You think about the the third and one, and then the fourth and one play. 
it ha- Jason Bean made the red, right read was trying to pull the read option, the ball back to him to go out there. Uh, Daniel Hyshaw tried to take it. He fumbled it, which is something that Daniel Hyshaw does. And honestly, even without those, I would, I would blame that on the coaching staff because why are you not under center pushing Jalen Bean's butt for a yard when he's lanky and fast and in any way, like you, why are you in shotgun trying to hand it off or do a read option on fourth and one when so many things could go wrong? Do the, do the tush push that like, so there were so many, I, I Jalen or not Jalen, Devin Neal is one of the best 10 running back. I've watched a lot of college football. I know you do. I think Jalen or Devin Neal is one of the best 10 running backs in the country. The fact that he got less than 10 carries is inexcusable. And frankly, I don't expect him to run 25 times a game because you have a really good deep running back core, but when his first carry breaks off for 25 yards. And again, he would have had another big 20 yard gain if it wasn't for that holding. And he gets one touch in the second quarter. And then he gets a couple more in the third quarter. And then he's basically or in the fourth quarter. And then he's, he's basically absent. Like I have so many questions with the coaching decisions and the execution from not only just uh, Jason Bean, but the receivers and the running backs that it's, it's, you know, beans in a really, really tough position. His stat line is not going to look good. And he, I think we all know that his decision making is not quite to the level of Daniel's in terms of um, making those reads under pressure and knowing when to tuck and run and when to fight for a first down. Like he just, there's, you know, this is not a knock on him. It's just that's what kind of separates Daniel's from Bean. But there are so many other plays that were just poorly executed, questionably called that sort of thing to where it just really opened it up. And then when you're the defense, again, you're not even playing that poorly. You you got, you held Texas to multiple field goals in the first half when you gave them great field position. You know, you it, it was really after some of these plays went the wrong way. You know, you don't go, you go for it and don't get on fourth down. You give them the ball in your territory. Like it was all of these things that kind of led to then the outburst. But this was not a defense who just got gashed for 40 points. No, no. I mean, this is, you you talked about the whole you know fumble there, like I saw that what got credit to Jason Bean, but that was definitely not his fault. No, it was not the his the fault. announcers talked about how look Daniel Hyshaw he has to let go of that ball if the quarterback is trying to pull it back you let go because the quarterback is the one that is you know charged with reading the play if if the play blows up and there was a different read that should have happened though like it's his it's his responsibility to make sure that you go in the right spot so um, that was entirely on Daniel Hyshaw and look Daniel Hyshaw does have some fumble issues right that we've identified in the past but I don't think that that was like that was just them being kind of a little bit disjointed um he was running over a lot of Texas guys in this game um I agree with you though like Devin Neal has to be a lot more involved it's funny because both Devin Neal and Daniel Hyshaw had eight carries in this game they you know 45 yards versus 44 yards basically the same like this is there wasn't a ton to differentiate them I think in terms of overall results, but this was a situation where Devin Neal, I mean, he had a 26 yard play to start the game. Like that was well, the very, a, that was the very first play. They had a, over a hundred yards rushing in the first half and then just decided to never run the ball again. And I get it. You didn't have the ball that much because there was a lot of three and outs and that sort of thing. But yeah, it just like the Texas was not stopping the rushing attack. And it wasn't even the, the running a lot of option, like with Bean and, and Neil, like, we saw with Daniels and then last week, like it was just, again, yeah. High was bullying people. Uh, Neil was getting, you know, outside the tackle and Bert, like, that's just, that's one of those things. That's why it's like, the one thing you're doing really well is you're running the ball 
which Texas is struggling to stop, and it gives your defense even more rest because not only are when you're throwing it, we're we're not effective, and it's leading to to three and outs or or very quick drives, but it also stops the clock, and then it, it prolongs the game and gives Texas even more opportunities to have scoring drives. So it just, yeah, I'm I'm you know I do not. Uh, remotely pretend to be a better offensive mind than Andy Kordoneki. Um, and I would do much, much worse as a play caller than he does. It's just some of these things as you're watching them, it's just like, a, you know, is everyone wrong? Like it, when you just watch them with your eye test and seeing that, Hey, the, the most productive players on the field and, and one of the best players in the country isn't getting the ball. That seems like something that's a little bit questionable here. Yeah. I I'm mean, sure there's reasons, but it just, yeah. Well, right. I don't think that there was, any expectation that like they were going to magically be able to just make everything work. But this was a, this is an offensive staff that we've talked multiple times about how good they are, you know, and how, how well they are able to kind of overcome issues that they might have. So, um, but you know, yes, they had plenty of problems in that game, but what's never has problems is the fantastic lineup from our sponsor here on the podcast. And that is the Charlie hustle clothing company, Charlie hustle. They are a vintage inspired collegiate, uh, I'm sorry, a local Kansas City uh, company that has a ton of vintage-inspired collegiate wear. Um, they have over 30 different schools, have a whole bunch of great stuff. KU, K-State, all the Big 12 schools except for Cincinnati, and then they also have Colorado. Um, you know, they are continuing. They are a very Big 12-focused company and really enjoy helping out all of their Big 12 fans being the best dressed in the entire nation. Um, look, I'm wearing my Charlie Hustle shirt right now. I absolutely love this thing. It did not help Kansas win on Saturday, but it was still super comfortable and it definitely made the watching experience as enjoyable as it could have been given what was happening on the field. So if you go over to charliehustle.com, use promo code 101215, that is T-E-N-1215, you can get 15% off of all non-sale items. Um, great stuff over there. They got a Jalen, that, that Jalen Daniels shirt still. They have a ton of stuff that is still selling like crazy. It gets restocked all the time, but it sells out pretty quick. So head on over there, charliehustle.com, promo code 101215, and you can get 15% off of all non-sale items. Charlie Hustle, vintage made fresh. All right, I do want to go ahead um, and kind of wrap up by talking about the, well, I guess we will talk a little bit more about this, but before we do that and then look ahead briefly to UCF, uh, I do need to throw to a quick break. We will be right back on the Rock Chalk Podcast. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And we're back. I am here with Kyle Davis. We are talking about this Texas game and just kind of want to get your final thoughts. Cause look, uh, the, the, the defense, we, we talked about, you know, 650 yards. That's not great, but there were some defensive guys that kind of stood out here, um, in this game. Was there anybody that jumps to mind for you or do you want me to just kind of jump in with who I saw? Um, I mean, obviously, it's a good thing when you can, you know, get Quinn Ewers to throw his first interception of the year. Um, so I think, you know, Cornell Wheeler did there did well there. I, you're right. It, it the, you know, I, I I thought Austin Booker was getting in there fairly well. You mentioned it though, like the the numbers in this game are just deceiving because yes, it's 600 yards, but they, uh, I, I have the note here they had. 14 more passing plays and 26 more rushing attempts. So like you, they ran the ball 51 times. And so, yes, they ran for 336 yards, but when you run it 51 times, again, it just shows the time of possession. Texas's offense was on the field for 20 more minutes in the 95 degree Texas heat than the Kansas offense was, you know, I I don't care how good your defense is. You are going to be exhausted after that. And so, I thought the secondary, they got a lot of tackles because there was a lot of breaking through into the secondary. And there was also a lot of, I know we talked about in the live blog, uh, trying to prevent the big play. So you're kind of giving receivers like Xavier Worthy a little more space underneath. And it looked like they had, you know, some separation there. But I thought Austin Booker did some nice things. And there, obviously, you know, Cornell Wheeler, that's a, that's a great moment for him to get the interception. Um, and Quinn Ewers is first of the year. But yeah, it wasn't, uh, the, the stats make it look bad. There's a lot of, there's just when Texas, when you give a, a team with so many NFL players like Texas has, and you let them run more than 70 offensive plays and let them be on the field for 40 of 60 minutes, they're going to put up a lot of numbers. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it was. Like you look at like OJ Burroughs had, I think 13 tackles on the day. You had Austin Booker, you had Jeremy Robinson who was getting a bunch of pressure. Kansas was doing everything you would expect them to do against a team like this in the first half. It really like the dam finally broke when that fumble happened. And then all of a sudden Texas was able to, you know, drive down. And I mean, you know, you have two minutes of game time. They went off on that and it looked like they were finally going to be able to go ahead and get another. I mean, Kansas has scored a touchdown to get within six. Then you forced a missed field goal and it looked like Kansas was going to go on another long drive and get another score, whether it was a field goal or a touchdown. They fumble it. Texas comes back immediately, gets a touchdown. And then the offense does nothing the rest of the game. Like that is a recipe for disaster for a defense that again, has a lot of good guys, has some decent top end talent, but does not have the depth or the conditioning with how many people that they're actually able to play to go toe to toe with a Texas offense like that all game long. I'm not so worried about like the games coming up. In fact, let's, let's go ahead and pivot at this point now. Cause talking about UCF, this is not a UCF team that I'm necessarily that worried about considering like at, at least in terms of like how they match up similarly to Texas, right? Like they, I cannot believe Middle State after Saturday. Oh gosh. I cannot believe that they were up 35 to seven and ended up losing 36 to 35. 
I believe is what it was. Yeah, yeah. They they gave up uh, they gave up twenty six straight points in the fourth quarter, and a combined twenty nine straight points Baylor did uh, to to beat them. Like, and they're at home, right? That's right. The, like that's the worst part. UCF did that at home. That's just demoralized. Yeah, completely collapsed in that game. I kept looking. I was just like, they're going to do it. They're going to pull it off. They're going to stop this from Baylor, and then you know everything's going to go back. It's like no, Baylor decided that they're actually going to show up this year for at least a game. And just completely demolished any kind of sense of confidence you had in that UCF squad. Um, I mean, looking ahead to this game, like what what do you expect Kansas to either be able to do or be looking to do against this UCF team? Then I think that I mean, yeah, that I just keep looking at the numbers from that Baylor game, and that's just it's it's wild. I feel bad for them because that's that is a that's that gets you a little bit. Um, uh, you know, and I think a lot of this comes down to, again, I, th- I think you mentioned the point. You can you can beat UCF at home without Jalen Daniels if you have enough time to prepare with Jason Bean. Like we saw that in the opener. Obviously, it was Missouri State, but when you when you know that you have all week, he just looks different, and you can cater the offense to him differently. The other part is again, and this is where I want to see I want to see Devin Neal get the ball. UCF gets gutted. Through the run game, they're giving up almost 160 yards a game on the ground. Um, they're, you know, their offense is really good now. I, I'm interested to see. I was doing some research. I know Gus Malzahn earlier, like about maybe it was early last week, uh, was saying how uh, UCF quarterback uh, John Reese Plumley, who has been out, is ahead of schedule on his rehab. It was always kind of around the Kansas date, maybe the week after that they thought he would come back. Obviously, if he comes back, that's a more dangerous offense. Um, and if he's playing in that game against Baylor, they they probably don't lose and give up that giant lead. But the defense can be had. I think is is kind of where we're at with UCF. And I'm I'm curious to see how they respond uh, because there's only there's two ways you can go after a loss like that. You can either be fired up and angry and you're going to go out and give it everything, or you're going to be demoralized. And just as soon as something goes wrong at in Lawrence, you're just going to fold. And, you know, they, they've given up 80 points in two big 12 games so far to start the year. And, you know, that's, it's, it's so their overall defensive numbers don't look that bad when you look at, you know, they played, you know, Villanova and Kent State, and they barely beat Boise State, which Boise State's a really good team, but that Big 12 schedule is rough, and they have to go to Oklahoma right after Lawrence um, on the road as well. So I think the this is one where I think the running game can establish the, the set the tone. If Plumlee's not playing, you know, their their backup has done an admiral job. Uh, McC- uh, yeah, McLean, who's, you know, he's he's thrown for a decent amount of yards. They've got a decent balanced attack. It's just, it's not Texas. There's not NFL guys all over the roster um, like it is there. And, and if you have the offense a week to prepare with Jason Bean, if that's the case, you can absolutely run the ball, just control the game and win this one and go to five and one and still be, you know, way ahead of schedule in terms of clin- uh, clinching bowl eligibility. Yeah. I mean, and, and let's be on it. Like, John Rice Plumley might come back for this game, but they have their bye week next week. So I think that was always the goal, right? Was to get him healthy during the bye week and have him come back for Oklahoma. Um, if he comes back against Kansas, like it feels like it's being rushed a little bit. I'm not really sure if he's going to be ready to go at, you know, full capacity there. This is, I think this is an op- a great opportunity for the Jayhawks 
to really kind of show what they're able to do. The other thing you got to think about too, though, is like Baylor was effective in that second half, you know, fourth quarter because they brought a ton of pressure. They really got to UCF. Kansas can do that. And I think they can do that better than Baylor can. Like this is a good Kansas defensive line that I think is a really able to kind of get in there and cause those sorts of problems. And, you know, Kansas is going to be doing it at home too. So like that's going to help out a whole bunch. I don't care what people say about how good, you know, or bad the, the Kansas uh, home field advantage is. That is a team that plays completely differently at home than they do on the road. So I am excited to kind of see what they're able to do. Kind of excited to see how we're able to kind of get all of that to come together. But uh, um, any any other final thoughts on this UCF game coming up? We will have a full preview coming up in our, you know, Thursday, Friday episode, which it, when, whenever it actually happens to come out, um, we're going to be joined by uh, 1012 Podcast Network uh, fellow show, Sons of UCF. We're going to have someone come on from there to talk about this. So um, really looking forward to that. And of course, I am planning on being over on their live show as well this Thursday. So make sure you guys tune into that as well if you can so we can have that, you know, listen to that great conversation about the game coming up. But sorry, Kyle, anything else about this game that you want to make sure we knew? No, I think that uh, I think your point is interesting. One, I think this is a game that is going to be well, one, I think the pressure up top will be big. And, you know, Timmy McClain is he's the last two quarterbacks Kansas has faced in Big 12 play. Slovis and then obviously Ewers. Slovis is a vet. He's been around forever. Right. Really accurate, really efficient. Ewers is the same way. He completes a high percentage of his passes. McLean's only a sophomore. He's only com- completing 61% of his passes. He's, he's, he gets a little rattled uh, as a young player would when you, you know, are getting pressured and your, your pocket collapses around him. So I think that's the interesting thing is can you, can you just keep him off balance all game and make enough plays in the secondary? Now's your chance, you know, uh, Kobe Bryant, you know, Kenny Logan, you have a quarterback here you can maybe take advantage of. And if you can get some pressure up there, it's just, it's a, it's just a different quarterback than what, you know, I, I guess the best way to put it is the last two weeks have really prepared this Kansas defense well for what they're going to see here is just not to that level. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this game coming up. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, I'll definitely be in the house and, um, looking forward to, to all of that. So, all right. So, uh, just final notes here to end up with, uh, Kansas volleyball had a great weekend. They swept, uh, Houston. Well, they, they beat Houston in the first match, uh, three sets to two, and then they swept them in the second match that came on Saturday. Um, they are up to number 17 in the volleyball coaches poll. Um, for this week. So a great, great showing from them. Unfortunately, Kansas soccer did not have the same great showing. Uh, they dropped their first home game. They have, I believe they're winless in big 12 play. They're, they're, they're struggling a little bit in big 12. They've been able to get a bunch of draws, but, uh, unfortunately they got their first loss at home, um, on Sunday. So looking forward to them being able to bounce back, but basketball getting underway, uh, you know, practices are starting now. Or I guess not practice officially, but they will be starting soon. There's, you know, stuff happening in the weight room and I guess practice officially kicks off actually this Friday, um, with late night coming up on Friday. So, um, make sure if you guys are not planning on going right now and have the opportunity to go, go ahead and do it. It's a whole bunch of fun. If you've never been before, I mean, come on, you've got to. It's, it's a ton of fun, but, um, I think that's going to do it for us today. Kyle, anything you want to leave people with as we, as we get out of here? 
Well, this is kind of a, a bummer, but it is some breaking news. Uh, so speaking of basketball, Cooper Flagg, who is the number one player in the class, is canceled his visit to late night as we talk about that. So he – Well, crap. Like, <laughs> Duke's been his dream school, uh, which is just feels wrong to say out loud, but um, to each his own. Look, he, everyone's he, allowed he, to be wrong every once in a while. So Yeah, yeah. But uh, apparently uh, – they are now hosting another top 50 player uh, in the class of 2024 at uh, late night. Um, I'm hoping not to butcher his name, uh, uh, Rakis Passmore. So uh, if, from what I'm hearing, uh, a really athletic wing, uh, again, top 50 player, four star, he will be here. That's, again, we, we talked about the last time, but when you have uh, – some of the players already in line. Uh, you got a you got a commitment from a, a top fifty player last week. You already have um, Flory. This uh, would make this a really solid class coming up, and so yeah. still still a lot of good stuff coming there. But I, it's not the not the end of the world, and not honestly a big surprise with Cooper Flag. But that did just come through as we were talking. Yeah, Co- Cooper Flag would would have been a nice feather in the cap of the recruiting class, but he was no by no means necessary for Kansas to be competitive next year or to have a really good recruiting class anyway. So, all right, that is going to go ahead and do it for us today, Kyle. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you have not already, please do go out wherever wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any of the other million apps that are out there. Just search for Rock Chalk Podcasting. Subscribe. Get every episode as soon as it comes out to give us a rating and a review five stars nice comments would be absolutely fantastic but if for whatever reason you can't do that just let us know what it is we can be doing better we really do bring the podcast to you guys get you all the information you need in as entertaining a way as possible so if you have any comments questions suggestions people you want to try to interview anything like that contact me by email at rockchalkpodcast at gmail.com or on twitter at rockchalkpod we are of course part of the 1012 podcast network covering all the teams in the big 12 conference including the newcomers that are coming next year uh, go to 1012network.com to get links to all the great shows. You can also support us over on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash 1012network. There's some great content over there um, that is exclusive to those that are supporting the shows over there. But make sure you guys visit our sponsors, uh, Charlie Hustle and, of course, Prize Picks. Fantastic deals you can get through them. But that's going to do it for us today. Kyle, th- once again, thanks for joining me. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.